When we catch up with Moses on his last journey, the difficult climb up Mount Nebo, we can't help but feel a little sad. After all that Moses has done to be faithful to God his whole life long, he's going to die within sight of the promised land without ever stepping one foot into it. Doesn't seem fair that he leaves this world just within reach of his goal. For 40 years, Moses has led the Israelites through the wilderness, 40 years of sharing God's messages with them when they wanted to hear them and when they didn't. Putting up with all the whining and complaining, are we there yet? I'm hungry. At least when we were slaves in Egypt, we had something to eat. Manna, the stuff bugs leave behind, is what we're going to eat? Did you bring us all the way out here to kill us? Does God really talk to you, or did you make up all those commandments by yourself? I have an idea. Why don't we make a cow statue and dip it in gold and worship that? The prophet had more patience with the people he was leading than most people have when their kids get cranky. I always thought that the assertion that Moses was 120 years old was just hyperbole, but I looked up the oldest person in the Guinness Book of World Records, the oldest recorded person, and came across Jeanne Louise Calmont of France, who died in 1997, the age of 122 years and 164 days. She said that she ate two pounds of chocolate a week, and she used to sell canvases to the artist Van Gogh, whom she described as ugly as sin with a vile temper and who always smelled of booze. <laughs> Our own Ken Snavely lived to 105 and was more active than most people 30 years younger. He came faithfully to church, rain, sleet, or snow right up until the pandemic and then died two years later. What a faithful man with an exuberant spirit. He laughed often, he told great stories, and I miss him. Old Moses must have been quite a character. Although this chosen prophet of God made mistakes along the way, he was faithful and did some amazing things. Think of his journey from a baby hidden in the bulrushes to being saved by Pharaoh's daughter, hearing God speak to him and call to him out of a burning bush, then answering God's call to lead his people in the great exodus from Egypt when he was 80 years old. Along the way, he must have figured out that even when God calls you to do something, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy. Life is unpredictable. Have you ever experienced a time when life didn't quite turn out according to plan? Things seem to be going along just fine, and suddenly you found, find yourself in a wilderness of sorts. It can happen when we're young. Your heart is set on making the football team or the cheerleading squad or the debate team or getting the lead in a musical, and when it doesn't happen, it can feel like the end of the world. 
or that first crush on the popular kid at school who doesn't seem to know you're alive, or the boyfriend who dumps you for somebody he thinks is better, or the college you didn't get into. As you get older, perhaps you get turned down by a job you wanted, or have a health crisis, or death comes to a loved one and you don't know how you will go on. There are times when we feel like we are wandering in the wilderness, and yet as we look back on it, we discover that traveling through those difficult experiences in life also helped to shape our character, made us more understanding, more compassionate, less self-centered. Sometimes our most challenging, even our worst and most painful moments push us to realize our need for God and help us to grow in faith. Although the difficult time wasn't caused by God, somehow God brought something good out of it if we were paying attention. When my friend Jan was in the middle of chemo treatments for her ovarian cancer, she felt like her world was over. How could she know then that it was the only, only the beginning of her journey to become the best hospice caregiver I have ever known. While she had thought cancer was the end of her life, God used her experience as the beginning of a calling to help others in the last stages of their illness, doing everything she could to make those days as meaningful and filled with love and care as they could possibly be. Think of a time in your own life when things seemed to be going off the rails. Did you learn anything from it? Could you? When Alex Evans, a pastor in Virginia, was a boy, he tells of going to his grandma's cabin in the woods of North Carolina. The place was about a mile off of a country road, and then there was this long, bumpy gravel drive. You could hear the stones rattle around in the undercarriage of the car. Now and then they would slide a bit when they turned a curve in the road. When are you gonna get this fixed, he asked her one day. Grandma explains, we have to have the stones there or the road would eventually wash away. We need a hard road, not a smooth one. Actually, about once a year, we have to add stones onto it. When it comes to life, you and I prefer the smooth road, don't we? We like to be spared from the heartache and the hardship, and we go to great lengths to protect our children from it. The thing is, it's the hard road, the ups and downs, the twists and turns that help us to develop our character and our faith. Apparently, the wilderness is not just a place to get through to get somewhere else. If we are open to the possibility, it's a place that transforms us toward a better version of ourselves. Liz Murray had a pretty rough childhood in the Bronx, raised by parents who were heavy drug users before she was even born. Although she could feel her parents' love, and she loved them, their disease of addiction to heroin and cocaine, their subsequent mental illness, was a daily reality that made life difficult. Liz was often so hungry that she would chew on ice cubes because it felt like eating. What turned her life around was the result of a moment of kindness from a drug dealer of all people 
when she was 11 years old. One day, Liz's mom, who would sell almost anything for a fix, was trying to sell the coat that belonged to Liz's younger sister. Even the hardened drug dealer couldn't bring himself to take a little girl's coat in winter. Instead, he gave the mother an NA, Narcotics Anonymous, coin, the same as what they give out in Alcoholics Anonymous, and on it was printed the serenity prayer. Most of you know that prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Her mother slammed the coin down on the counter in frustration, but Liz kept it. Not long after that, her mother died, and her dad was in a men's shelter too messed up to have anything to do with her. Liz was a homeless high school dropout living on the streets and quickly becoming the age when others were going off to college. As she looked at the message on the coin, Liz thought about the difference between what she could control and what she couldn't. She gave to God what she couldn't control and decided that what she could control was showing up to school every day working hard and not letting what she couldn't do interfere with what she could do. Of course, there were times when she had her setbacks. Sometimes when she managed to sleep on a friend's floor instead of outside, she would wake up to her little pocket alarm clock and find herself in a place with graffiti on the walls and trash all around her and 15 people huddled up together to keep warm. Occasionally, she would hesitate at the door before going off to school and wonder if she should just give up. And then she would remember that she could do this one thing. She could go to school. Though you may not remember her name, you might remember the news story about her because she graduated from high school in two years. She was granted a scholarship by the New York Times and accepted into Harvard. After Harvard, she went on to receive her master's in the psychology of education at Columbia University. Since then, she co-founded a project for mentoring youth, wrote several best-selling books, and continues to be an inspirational speaker, especially making a difference in the lives of troubled young people. What Liz teaches us is that when you're going through a difficult time or the future seems daunting or overwhelming, it's better not to focus on the whole huge picture, but whatever choice is in front of you at the moment. We all have daily choices to make, and as Liz would point out, we transform our lives one choice at a time. She asks, what kinds of choices do you make? You're at a buffet line, bacon or vegetables. You're in front of someone you love. Lie or tell the truth. You're in front of a stranger. Be generous or stingy. Although we all make bad choices from time to time, we can always shift again to the next choice. If you do that, Liz explains, you will be carving out a life for yourself that isn't limited by the mistakes or the pain of your past. That along with Liz's faith in the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, 
has made all the difference. Moses seemed to learn that lesson about choices in his lifetime. While he made mistakes along the way, he would move to a better choice the next time, following God in the best way he knew how. We can imagine that he was disappointed not to cross over into the promised land, yet Moses had come to understand the beauty of the moment-by-moment journey of a lifetime. On his last day, looking down from Mount Nebo to this amazing vista that surrounded him, Moses embraced a bigger vision than his own life. He realized that even if he wouldn't cross over into the promised land, he could see it from a distance and hold on to God's promise that others would complete the journey. The fact that he had already been mentoring Joshua to take his place tells us that he understood that he was part of a larger story. Whatever you and I do in this life is part of a bigger picture too, part of a masterpiece only known to God. Sometimes when the voices of our choir lift my heart and praises to God, I think about something John Buchanan once said. He said, the church is a chorus singing God's praises from all eternity, and we are privileged to join during our lifetime. But the music was there before we added our voices, and it will continue long after our voices are silent. Friends, as we celebrate All Saints Day, we recognize that those who have gone before us in faith have laid a groundwork for us, and those who come after us will carry on what we do. Far from being a sad thing, it is a beautiful thing. Rather than making our parts of the story seem insignificant, this great cloud of witnesses to Christ's love from the beginning of the world till the end of time means that our little part of the story means more than we ever imagined. The music would not be the same without your voice. Now I know some of you will tell me that you can't sing or you're tone deaf, but you can offer your choices in life that God claims as beautiful. I don't know about you, but that helps me when I look at the past and, like most of us, wonder if I could have done more or if I still have time to make more of a difference in the future. Yes, you and I are called to share the light of Christ and try with all our hearts to love as Christ loved. But despite our mistakes, despite our sin, God still uses us in this glorious song of life. After all, being a saint has nothing to do with our accomplishments. It is about God's love for us in Jesus Christ. And that love is not contained in only our lifetime. It is eternal, and it is everything. Amen.